Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. StarCast returns to the Chicago area this Labor Day weekend. Tickets for StarCast 6 are now on sale at StarCast.com. Join us at the Hyatt Regency Schaumburg starting Friday night, September 1st, for unique fan experiences with wrestling legends from yesterday and superstars from today. Follow StarCast events on Twitter for the latest updates about all things StarCast. Can't be in Chicago? Premier Streaming Network has you covered. Visit StarCastOnPremiere.com and get daily access or save with the weekend bundle. Get all past StarCast, the upcoming wrestling showcase event, as well as thousands of hours of content from your favorite promotions and stars. And two months of Premier Plus for free. Order now at StarCastOnPremiere.com. StarCast 6 is brought to you in part by ProWrestlingCrate.com, monthly mystery crates for diehard wrestling fans. Plans start at $9.95 and are the perfect gift for any wrestling fan. Visit ProWrestlingCrate.com today. in sports entertainment. Hello and welcome to Arn. This is Paul Bromwell, and as always, I'm joined once again by the Hall of Famer, founder of the Four Horsemen, creator of the Spine Buster, our TV champion, a lover of chocolate, a hater of cheese, a man who thanks to this show is forever tied to Baluchu and that eight-foot stiff Elegante. That's right. He's the enforcer. He's double A. He's Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you today, my friend? I am fixing to go on strike if we don't remove Elegante from our conversations. <laughs> He's going to be done. No more from the Would You Rathers. None of it. He's over it. Let's get creative, guys. <laughs> that was too easy. <laughs> oh, man, we had a lot of fun last week with the uh, Ask Arn Almost Anything and the Would You Rathers. And so I want to thank all of you for participating uh, in that show. And as we said last week, the next time we do that, we're going to bring Brock on, aren't we, Arn? Yes, we are. Be interested to hear what he has to say. Pretty sharp kid. That six figures I spent sending him through ECU was not for not. 
Wow. Mm, I'm not looking forward to doing that uh, with uh, my own son soon. Uh, the college bills. Hey, listen, before uh, we go any further with this week's show, because we're diving back into the history, we're going back to April 1993. I want to make sure that everyone knows as this show drops, you and Brock are currently in Orlando, Florida. How's that sound? At the Fanboy Expo. And I know you're bringing everybody with you. Uh, September 1st, and it runs through September 3rd. How excited are you to be there and meet the fans? Oh, wonderful. Because, you know, it's that's a destination. Orlando has people from, you know, all over the world. Every week it's a new bunch of tourists coming through there. And, you know, it's a perfect situation to make. It's Labor Day. It's a, it's a holiday. It's uh, end of summer. It's a destination. There's so many reasons to come down there and just make this one of the things on your shopping list. Come meet us. Let us thank you. Let us take some pictures. Tell some stories. You know, my grandmother hated your guts is one of my favorites. <laughs> and and if you're not in the southeast and you're thinking, well, I'm always I'm in the northeast. Does Arn ever come up north? Well. September 15th through 17th is your chance, right, Arm? Because you're going to Granite Con for the first time with Brock. Yes, sir. Our first time up there. And uh, we don't get up there nearly enough because we live in the South and it's there's all these travel issues these days, cancellations and such. So you try to keep it in your hemisphere, but uh, we're very excited about this one. That's right. It's in Manchester, New Hampshire. So go to granitecon.com. And uh, make sure you take advantage of all these opportunities to meet AA. And uh, Arm, we know most uh, most of our fans uh, that are listening to the show, they've had opportunities to meet you. But some of them, man, they really uh, want to get a chance to meet you. And so please, I hope it works out for some of you to do this. I know Nick Lenz said last week he's looking forward to seeing you in Orlando. Uh, but make sure you take advantage of these opportunities. And we will continue to announce Arn's upcoming appearances on this show as we faithfully have and will continue to do so so that you can make sure that you take advantage of your opportunity to, to get to meet the enforcer. With that said, I also want to take the time to uh, remind our listeners uh, about ArnLinks.com. This is the website that has all things Enforcer. We have uh, links to our social media, the entire episode library, and links to both the Horseman and Arn Anderson merch stores. They're two different merch stores on the site, so check them out. Horseman and Arn Anderson. You can buy and purchase if you're watching on YouTube. A jacket look, looks just like the one I have behind me here, the Horseman jacket, the Horseman hat. Uh, shirts like Arn and I are wearing. He's got that awesome Four Horsemen shirt on. I'm rocking the TV title shirt. Uh, as well so check it out that's where you can really support the show we got some new fun designs coming in dom d'angelo even jd hoop is working on some designs for us uh, so make sure you check out the store and uh, take a look at some of those designs as they come in and if you have some ideas just tag us on social media and we'll make sure we get some of those new designs uh, added to the store but Arn, i know you're so thankful for the support that our listeners give to us uh, when it comes to the merch I absolutely am, and I'm, you know, more importantly, is I, I wanted this to be for the fans because when the horsemen were riding wide open, there was no merch, and I've heard over the years, man, I tried to find T-shirts on you guys and this and that and the other, and much less hats and jackets and all that stuff, and it just wasn't available, so. It was my quest over the last couple of years to find the right people. Paul is a big, big uh, 
a benefactor on doing a lot of legwork and finding the right people to do some quality stuff, and it's all for the fans. Be proud to wear one of these T-shirts, guys. I guarantee you it's a conversation piece. You'll find somebody that in the immediate area that will immediately say, like that T-shirt, man, where'd you get that? That's right. I love those guys back in the day. Yeah, flash up those four fingers, so there you go. Well, uh, listen, guys, we're going to kick off this week's show. We're digging uh, back into Arn's archives of his history, and we're picking up with the storyline in April 1993. And in March, the last time we were together, I guess two weeks ago, uh, we watched the segment where you, sir, announced, along with Rick, your return to the ring. And this week, we have the return. Uh, of your big return to television. And we have five clips this week. This is going to be our first one. We're going to watch your long-awaited return. Uh, it's April 3rd. It's an episode of WCW Saturday Night. And there's a promo that follows. You ready to check this one out together? You bet. All right, here we go. Here he comes. And I know it's a moment he's been waiting for a long time. Truly. Jesse the Body Ventura, one of the greatest athletes wrestling has ever seen. There you see that sign, that just about says it all. The four horsemen are forever. And you know what, I can't believe, Shabani, there's people on their feet standing for Arn Anderson. What a thrill it's got to be for Arn. And if I was Eric Watts, even I would head back to Oklahoma at this point in time. Well, knowing Eric Watts, as well as I know him, yeah, I know he's that, too dumb to go back to no, Oklahoma. I, that, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say that he would not go back to Oklahoma out of fear. And I'm sure he is watching on Arn Anderson. We're going to oh, look at that quickness. One of the things that's made Arn Anderson so great in World Championship Wrestling not only has been his determination and his ability, but his deceptive quickness. Maybe one of the quickest left hands the sport has ever seen as far as the punch is concerned. Absolutely, and I'll tell you what else, the deceptive strength of Arn Anderson. Look into the eyes, those are all business. Check out his eyes, you can read a guy by his eyes, Tony. There's something to be said, and of course we have heard from Dustin Rhodes in weeks past. We saw Eric Watts, Barry Windham, Brad Armstrong. Arn Anderson's father was not a wrestler, but he grew up in a wrestling family, the Anderson family. And there's something to be said, that intangible, that they take with them being in wrestling families. And look at this. The reputation's there. He went after Arn Anderson's knee. And Anderson ain't going to take kindly to that. Who rams him into the post. It is well known in this sport that not only is Flair a friend of Arn Anderson, but he is also family. Flair being a member or a cousin of the Anderson family. And Arn Anderson and... This is something that's been passed down through the generations, the hammerlock slam, if you will, on the arm. Stomping away. Well, he is. He is so focused. He's methodical in the ring. That's what I like about him. Step over into the arm, but look at the pressure he's putting on the shoulder, the elbow right there. It's a message being sent out to everybody right now by Aaron Anderson. Eric Watts probably in particular. Anderson has been a world tag team champion on more than one occasion. He has been the world television champion and uh, regularly the top contender to the world heavyweight title. Now that he's back in the picture, I'm sure he will quickly move up the ladder as well.
Driving the knee right down to the arm, right on the bicep and grinding now up into the shoulder area. Well, Rex Cooper made a mistake early in this bout, and that was he went after Arn's knee that got injured. And when you've had... Spine buster. This one is over, Jesse over. And there you see the four. The four rises up. Arn Anderson with a triumphant return to World Championship Wrestling. And I personally couldn't be more overjoyed to have him back. Double A, the enforcer, Arn Anderson. There you see the fans holding up the four. They can't help it. The hands cramp. Arn Anderson catching Cooper with the spine buster here. Beautiful swivel and pivot. Drives him into the mat. Rolls him up. Hooks the leg. One, two, three. The enforcer wins a big one. And now, standing by with Tony Schiavone, the one, the only. Well, I, I'll let Tony tell ya. It's the one and only nature boy, Ric Flair. And we work it. She loves me, Tony. How about double A? How about double A? How about the four horsemen, you know, Tony? I could make a living managing him all the way to the world heavyweight championship. I'm talking double A, the enforcer, the man. And you know what I'm talking about. WCW, Saturday night. This is it. We're talking about Slambury, the night of the legends. And let me just say to you that you thought the Beatles were... It could be. Devil A, brother, you tore him up, Daddy. Do you realize how good it feels to excel at your given profession? I feel better than that now than I've felt in four months. But now, enough's enough. We got Missy Hyde back here beside herself on the party. Fine, there's a time for that. But now, I'm going to ask you in front of all these people and the world, enough's enough. It's time you put these on and you and I quit milking these people and get in this ring for a tag match. Huh? What? What about it, Rick? Yes. You all want me to say I'm going to hear wrestling next week? <laughs> I'm not ready, Double A. I'm not in that frame of mind. I love you. I love you, but I'm not ready to wrestle yet. When the time is right, heads are gonna roll. This is not a myth. This is a fact. See you tomorrow night. All right, there we go. We talked about it last week. Uh, Flair's still under that no compete clause that uh, that was going on. Thirty days, as far as that he had with the WWF at the time. But uh, some things I want to talk about with this one because. You're looking good. You come back, match ends with the beautiful spine buster, uh, four fingers in the air. Shivani and Ventura, uh, they make it feel very significant, your return on commentary, which is good to hear. Tony's even, you know, throwing it back to JCP days, alluding to you being the cousins to the Andersons, cousin to Ric Flair, should I say, and all that. And, uh, and it's interesting because we know where the
the story is going. Uh, you're going to challenge Barry for the world heavyweight title, but Flair, even when he comes over to Tony Schiavone, starts talking about it or alluding to it, should I say, about you being kind of that contender for a world title. Uh, how fun was this to see? Yeah, and that might have been overshooting it a little bit. I think more importantly than what my position would be as far as a challenger for the world title is just there's the, that feel-good moment. You want to see the Hardys together. You don't want to see them broke up. You don't want to see the Steiners broke up. You don't want to see the Road Warriors broke up. The fans would rather see you together and doing well, and I think that's what they were waiting to see because we have such a storied past. Did you, uh, do you all need to try to, you know, something that obviously with Flair's, you know, 30 day non compete, is it just simply you feel like this is what's got to work for us right now? Him just coming out, cutting a promo week in, week out until he can finally, you know, make his return in the ring. This will just have to be what works for us. Well, it has to be what we call a tease because yeah. that's all it can be. He, he literally can't get in the ring and wrestle. I mean, it's a, it's a, I guess it's a condition of his release, right, from mm -hmm. WWF. So, I mean, it's okay. As long as you're seeing him on TV and he's teasing it and makes you want to see it, it you know, it's, it's about the best of a bad situation. Uh, that tease is also the perfect segue to our first fan question this week. It comes from Scott Golden, and he says, How far ahead of time did you know that the horsemen were going to be reformed? I was never sure of anything questions you know what do you think about this and that and the other um you know when tully didn't come that left a huge huge gap and there's no way to fix that there was who's available what names are out there who can you get da -da 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 -da. there was always some of that rhetoric i was more concerned on making my reappearance after the injury because i was out Sure. For the long, longest time I'd ever been out of the business. And uh, I was more concentrating on letting everybody see that I was, there was no nagging injury that was going to keep me from performing. What they had four months prior is what they were going to have then. We want to pause this episode of Arn to talk to you about something Arn and I are very passionate about, and that's sleep quality. And if you're waking up too hot or too cold, we highly recommend you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. They're inspired by NASA. Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? That's freaking gross. That can lead to acne, allergies, and stuffy noses, and it's just, that's awful. Nobody wants that. Miracle Made offers a whole line of self-cleaning, eco-friendly bedding, such as sheets, pillowcases, and comforters, and it prevents 99% of bacteria and requires three times less laundry. The self-cooling properties for better quality sleep are where it's at. They use silver-infused fabrics, as I said, inspired by NASA. And uh, the Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long. You've heard Arn and I talk about it before. We like it cold and dark in the rooms. That's how the horsemen liked it after they were done a busy night. 
and that's how you'll enjoy it too and you can get it right here again very clean bacteria free so go to trymiracle.com slash arn to try miracle made sheets today and whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one if you order today you can save over 40 percent and if you use our promo code arn at checkout you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20 percent off Listen, Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you're gonna get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made right now. Go to trymiracle.com ARN and use the code ARN to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com ARN and treat yourself to a great night's sleep. And we want to thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode of The ARN Show. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. With, uh, you said it, no, and the Tully's not going to be available. He's not going to be a part of it. Do you remember if there was ever a time where you and Flair were like, listen, we know this is the Four Horsemen is a money, it's a big business. It's going to be big business for us. But still, it's like, man, without having Tully and who knows who, then he would even be the third, like, you know, the third or fourth members. Do we still want to keep doing this? Like, did that ever enter your heads or conversation? We knew that without, unless it was Tully, it was going to be a less than. Yeah. It just it was a chemistry between the three of us and JJ that was just, no matter who that other guy was, that foundation would have carried it. But you can't do it without Tully. Just like you, if you would have had Tully, you couldn't have done it without me. I, I believe that. Oh, I agree. So it was one of those things, we'll go with what you want us to go with, but at the end of the day, you and Flair both knew, hey, the, we're, it's going to be a little bit more lackluster. Never going to be what it was without Tully Blanchard. We knew that. We had that conversation. It was. It could be. It could never be exa- you know, as hot or as strong as it was the first time because our quality opponents made it that way back in the Crockett days. you got to go back and remember who were we wrestling every night and that roster was not available you're only as strong as your opponent true well moving on from your return here on during our march show we teased uh that six-man tag match were uh and smoky mountain wrestling it's the bluegrass brawl and it takes place april 2nd 1993 uh in pikeville kentucky at the pikeville kentucky college gym with 2000 in attendance the match uh, that main event of the card that night was a three-team elimination street fight here you go it's you and the rock and roll express taking on the heavenly bodies made up of dr tom pritchard stan 
Dan Lane and Bobby Eaton and the stud stable of Robert Fuller, Jimmy Golden, and Dutch Mantell. This is a I can't wait to watch this. Uh, here we go. We got it for you right here, Arn. It's the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Bluegrass Brawl, April 2nd, 1993. Absolute, absolute war. We have mass confusion, three or four wrestlers bleeding. Everyone has to be beaten down and worn out. And Jim Cornette continues to circle this ring like a marathon runner. Part of the time he's going after, who was that that just took off? I think it was Eaton headed for the dressing room with uh, Robert Gibson behind him in hot pursuit. Stan Lane nails Arn Anderson. Arn slips out for a deep breath. Jimmy Golden after Ricky Morton. Tom Pritchard choking Mantell with his own bullwhip. Dan Lane has Robert Fuller's belt choking him down. And look here, Morton and Anderson trying to spread eagle Jimmy Golden, and they have succeeded. Gibson and Eaton are no longer with us. They're all the way in the back. They are climbing the support of the backboard. hits the floor after somebody, Ricky Morton. Morton drills him with a right hand. Oh, Cornette is in the middle of it. He finally got in that ring, and look what Mantell has got. Dutch his money. Reps the bull whip around Jimmy Cornette, Tom Pritchard, Nailed him from behind with Cornette's spare tennis racket. And we had, what, a two count on Dutch. So they're still alive. Cornette takes off. Mantell in pursuit. Ooh, Eaton was rammed into that ring post. And now Arn Anderson's chewing on his forehead. It was Eaton that brought Arn here because he felt like Bobby turned his back on him. Fuller going after Stan Lane with a hefty foot. Catches a chair in midair from Dutch Mantell. Robert Fuller, but the chair is blocked by Gibson. They're fighting for control there. Richard down. Morton grabs the chair. Let's see what's going to happen as the Rock and Roll Express doubles up. One. one team down and two to go. Fuller got defeated. The stable is out. Stud stable is out. That leaves the heavenly bodies in the rock and roll with Arn. Although the stud stable's out, it hasn't stopped Dutch Mantell. He's using that whip to choke down Robert Gibson. And look at Jimmy Golden. Both of them are supposed to be out of here. supposed to be gone, but Golden and Mantell are still here. They're hanging in to get those last flicks. Fuller rolls out the other side, so we're down to six wrestlers. And Jimmy Cornett. And Jimmy Cornett. Dangerous weapon. Eliminates a little of confusion for you and I, but not much for those six wrestlers. That's right. Robert Fuller comes back. 
and goes after Robert Gibson. He is really frustrated. I know that Fuller thought the stud stable was going to win this one. Count of one, two. with one count to go. Look here. Richard being catapulted on the Morton center ring, but Gibson saved him. Ricky Morton, one more time, keeps the rock and roll and Arn alive. Look what Arn Anderson has got his hands on, will you? My goodness, what a brawl that was, Arn. So much fun. What, do you have any memories from that match at all as you sat there and watched it back? Do you, I mean, that was just, you were throwing out DDTs, you guys are using tables, and I'm watching a lot of technically, you know, sound wrestlers that you normally don't see in that kind of environment. Well, that's what made a street fight special, because yeah. you wrestled 99% of the time, and 1% of the time you had a street fight, and... 
that got wild really got wild that was so much fun i enjoyed that little stand i had over there i think it was only three shots you know but working with cornet and all those guys just drive over the mountain from charlotte and have a good time and drive back home it was great well it is a, a continental wrestling reunion if you think about it with all those guys in there because most of our fans know that jimmy golden and robert fuller would become bunkhouse buck and colonel robert parker in wcw in the coming months what about uh, Dutch Mantel? I mean, you know, he's there. That man got a throw rug on his back. <laughs> the hairiest back of all time. He is the missing link betwixt cavemen and regular men. What, uh, what did you think about uh, Robert and Ron Fuller as we take a, as we take a look at... Uh, you know, Robert Parker here. What about, what do you remember of those guys? Well, those guys were, you know, never get the credit for being great workers. They really were. Ron, Robert, Jimmy Golden. Yeah. Great baby faces. And, you know, you got to see that down in Pensacola because you're in the same towns every week and you had to have some stuff on your tool belt to, when you go into those same towns every week to change your matches up and make them completely different. And those guys could talk. You know, they had that Southern wang, but, you know, they were Southern guys, and it worked. There was a huge audience for that in the South. We have a, a couple of uh, listener questions, and they wrote in, and so we're going to go through those. Justin Erie says, uh, listen, we've heard a lot of impersonations before, and you've spoiled us with some of them. He wants to know, do you have a Jim Cornette impersonation? Or? I don't. God, I don't. Okay. Sorry, I don't. That's all good. Edward Jones, advisor and friend of the show, Lenny Bach, and he's back, and he wrote, did Arn negotiate his own pay for Smoky Mountain as a separate deal, or was it just part of his WCW contract? No, it was separate. Jimmy and I worked it out. He, he actually had a very generous offer. And, okay. Uh, yeah, that was, a, that was outside my contract, which made it even better. And that's cool that WCW was cool with that. You're doing some stuff outside of there. Well, there were, there were so many things going on with the Watts getting gone and replacing him and all that. I was small change on the grand scale of whether they were going to pay me extra or not. Okay. Ma, Michael Eldridge, she says, Where does Arn rank Smoky Mountain Wrestling compared to other territories like Jim Crockett, Mid-South, Georgia Championship Wrestling? Uh, Jimmy went from nothing. Again, it was a startup company to a viable entity and it had its fans and it was successful and paid its bills and all those things that small territories had to do you know you got to be very careful she kept your uh, overhead low and jimmy was smart because he used talented guys that were gonna you know go out and represent your product in a, in a positive way and good performers and everybody uh, look at those nine guys i mean tom pritchard has trained all the wwe guys yeah, you know, name it. Over the last fifteen years, if you say who who has helped and trained the most talent oh, of anybody, it's Tom Pritchard. Doctor Tom, yeah, hell yeah. So Cornette's smart guy. When yeah, you know, and he was he was answering to his money man, and uh, he always had an answer that made sense. You know, if hey, if business was down, what what was the reason? If business was up, what was the reason? And you know, running in a small territory, I wish we had five more of them today. I'm, I'm with you. Hey, and once again, you get to work with one of your best friends and Bobby Eaton down there, too. Yeah, 
Yeah, I can, you could never replace that or put a price on it. Uh, Jonathan Woolridge is interested to know if you think the WCW and SMW relationship could have been beneficial long-term if Cornette and the powers that be in WCW could have gotten along. Do you think you could have seen some fun symmetry or at least a partnership or something there? Yeah, but I think that they would look at that as a step backwards. I think that the reason they bought Jim Crockett when they did, it was still a big, viable company on a major scale and could point to any number of superstars that they had working, you know, for their company. Uh, Cornette was much smaller scale. Right. So they were like, we're going to do our thing. That's just kind of. We're going to create a product that's yeah, different, right. you know, and that yep. that's where we got all those, you know, the, the Vader and Sting vignette and all that stuff, you know, that's, they wanted to do things their way and they're a huge company with a lot of money backing them and a huge reputation so they could call their own shots. Well, Arm, moving on from uh, Smoky Mountain, you and Bobby uh, Eaton, speaking of Bobby, take your personal issues to the April 17th episode of Worldwide. Uh, so the previous week, Bobby cost you a match on the main event against Eric Watts. Okay, so as we bring people along on the storyline here, uh, he had some outside interference, cost you the match. And then following a match against Johnny Gunn, you confront Bobby in the ring. And uh, in our third clip of the week, we had the last minute of the match and the confrontation between you two. So this will be a fun one to watch together. This is uh, April 17th uh, from the WCW Worldwide Show uh, from 1993. Hang on, buddy. The one person that I expected to come by. So 
say, hey, Arn, are you getting well? What can I do? I'm going to wait on you. We're going to try this. And the one guy depending on was my partner. That's you, bud. Where were you, Bobby? You were out running around the country. You were out running around the country. Some minor league outfit went back to some of your old cronies. Well, let me explain something to you, Bobby. I'm well. You didn't need me. You failed on me. Let me explain something to you, pal. I'm well, and I don't need you. Okay? As far as I'm concerned, we're through. But hey, I'm not going to get violent, Bobby. I'm not going to hit you. I'm not going to hit you. Oh, the hell I'm not. out to his former partner it's all over beautiful bobby withering in pain fans as anderson walks away barry windham against steve regal we come back right now arn that feels like that could have been the start of a serious hot angle between the two of you my friend been too easy wouldn't it and you know what nope it doesn't get any traction. Instead, you spend the rest of the month and most of the month of May feuding with Eric Watts or NWA world champion Barry Windham. Bobby goes on to form a new tag team with the young Chris Benoit. But my goodness, what could have been with you and Bobby Eaton after that? Yeah, just continuity and detail. It just, you know, again, it was never looked at. Nobody ever looked at us as top, top, top talent. We were, I mean, we were top guys and we were used up and down the card, but we never got that 100% push like this, you know, this could be a big deal. So we just, we just played the cards we were dealt. Man, you had so much passion in the promo and you talk about you going off playing in the minor leagues. So there's the Smoky Mountain address. Lots of fun there. What could it have been? Arn, as we uh, just saw, Bobby kept trying to get away from you in this interaction, unwilling to hear what you had to say. And uh, listen, in typical Arn Anderson fashion, the final word was the spine buster, putting the exclamation point on the issue with Bobby Eaton and Bobby on his back. And to our faithful listeners, if your partner is avoiding you these days trying to walk out of the room and you fail to put that spine to the pine and lack the ability to hit that kill shot after years of past issues then it's time that you look to our oldest partner and yes it's time we're talking about blue chew this week arn guys don't overthink this thing and everything doesn't have to be centered around a comedy skit even though it's it's all positive with blue chew just it works the product works if you've had any issues if you just want to hey make a date night more than what you what it used to be make it special it, it's one of those things that claims that it has all these magical powers, and it does. There's no, there's no BS to it. So jump on it, man. It, it's worth its, its weight in platinum. There you go. And the process is simple, guys. Sign up at bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll get the prescription within days. If you don't like swallowing pills, no big deal. Bluetooth tablets are chewable. There are all kinds of reasons we know that guys can't perform. 
but not with Blue Chew. So check it out right now. BlueChew.com can make sure that you're able to perform at your very best every time. And you can try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code ARN to receive your first month absolutely free. Make sure you check out BlueChew.com for more details and safety info. Arn, we just mentioned Eric Watts. So the following four months, you know, after you've been sidelined due to that injury and in real life, the Cowboy decision-making, you and Eric have more than unfinished business. And during the month of April and May, the two of you wrestle on many of the house shows together and even uh, wrestle on TV, as we just alluded to. But thanks to what we just saw and the way WCW portrays you as, as a babyface here, we, uh, you actually uh, save Eric Watts from Bobby Eaton and Chris Benoit. You explain yourself after that, and of course, we have that. It's our fourth clip of the week, fourth of five clips, and it's you saving Eric Watts. Yes, I said that correctly. We're going to check it out together. Coming into the ring to the aid of his partner, Woom dives off the top. Eric Watts had hooked the STF in the center of the ring on beautiful Bobby. We then had a two-on-one situation. Who comes to the rescue? None other than Double-A, Arn Anderson, the Enforcer. There you see Anderson entering the ring, nailing Benoit, nailing beautiful Bobby. Let's go down to ringside and my partner, Tony Schiavone. Take it away, Tony. All right, Arn making his way over here. And Arn, I tell you, I know on the main event a couple of weeks ago, a lot of bad blood started to build between you and beautiful Bobby. And seemingly that is not over. Tony Giovanni, three months ago, if you told me any of this would be happening, I'd call you a liar. Bobby Eaton, you went your own way. A lot of things are going to be resolved between you and I. Eric Watts showed me one thing. He's got more guts than I thought he did, and he didn't have to pay for the sins of his father anymore. He's his own man. But one thing I got to tell you, Bobby Eaton, you got a problem with me. We're going to solve it. Maybe I'll have to take a partner, somebody like Eric Watts, since apparently you've got one. Now you're running around with slashing your Shanghai Pierce. Tomorrow night, Shanghai Pierce, you want some of me? You're going to get it. And Barry Wyndham, the thing that is in my focus, the one thing that is first and foremost on my mind, my friend, is we got a date. And we're not going to hold hands or play kissy face. We got a date, my friend, for that title. And I'm coming for you. Trust me. There it is, the challenge, Barry Windham. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it, man. Despite the fact this uh, turn in the angle doesn't make the most sense, you're saving Eric Watts. But listen, your ability to tell the story really helps us out here. It really brings this one home for our fans. But it leads me to ask you this, Arn. Were there plans for you and Eric Watts to team together, or were the two or three times you would do just be, hey, that's what we want, that's it? Just say it, Paul. This sucked. This was a piece of the puzzle. It sucked. It didn't fit nowhere. I tried to explain it away, and it just left a bad taste in my mouth. But, it was again, it was another one of those situations, making chicken salad out of chicken shit, as we say in the business. It was just, you know, it yeah. was not having any anything that made sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I especially admit. after we saw this awesome 7-Eleven parking lot brawl, the yeah. intense promos, all this, and now it's just... It was too personal. Yeah. That, that piece of it should have never made air on TV. Just didn't make any sense. How would you have liked to have seen your program with Eric come to an end if you could do it all over again as we sit here? Ah. Uh, 
God, I don't know. Uh, you know, and I don't want to sit here geniusing my ass off thinking there was a good fix. I would think it would have probably, you could have gave me the win back and just move on. Yeah. Well, listen, Arn, up next, uh, let's me- we are going to move on, and we're going to mention that WCW does with Ric Flair because he can't wrestle. So, hey, you know what we're going to do? American Dream comes up with an idea, and that's Flair for the Gold Talk Show. And uh, WCW had flirted with these kinds of presentations before, but this was certainly the most upscale, I would say, interview segment the company had attempted. Uh, attempted, And that makes sense because Eric Bischoff's now overseeing all television. So here we go. We got flair for the gold. And during the month of April, WCW invested a ton of television time into the show, taping several episodes that wouldn't air until May. Uh, we're going to include that, some of those segments, in next week's show. But Arn, tell us about what you thought of the concept, using Rick in this way to get angles over. It included confrontations with the Hollywood Blondes, Paul Roma as the Four Horsemen. You got the debut of the Shockmaster. How can we not forget that, him tripping over the set? Uh, the, the feud with Flair and Rude. Uh, and this is all stuff we're going to cover as we go through 1993. Do you think this was a, an effective way of, uh, of using Nietzsche? Well, it was different. At least let him be himself, right? Yeah. And you had to get the idea, unless you understood that I was his uh, Ed McMahon, you know, unless unless you were clear about pointing that out so I could play the goofball sidekick. I was okay with it. The problem that nobody saw and the way things were taped and taped ahead and all that I was still wrestling. Now, I just started back wrestling. And what people didn't understand is if you tape three shows and I was on a flare for the gold, but I was wrestling on those shows, I had to change clothes three three or four times. Nobody understood that or saw that. And to try to cool down after you wrestled and, hey, you got a flare for the gold in 20 minutes, you got to cool off. I'm a sweater. And, man, I sweat. It takes me longer than that to cool off. And it, it became a real logistics nightmare for me personally that's exactly where i was headed because you said last time we brought this up that you wanted to tell us about the costume changes and how much of a nightmare it was so there you well and to make it all the all the continuity fit you know why is he sweating here what is he sweating about they don't know i wrestled 20 (laughs) minutes ago right you know it's uh so i wanted to explain that it was it was a tv suddenly became a, a burden other than a pleasure yeah, no, I get you. Our question, our uh, listeners have some questions about it as well. Dylan says uh, he wants to know about the set, adding, you always saw it look pretty cool and uh, maybe should be recreated someday. Who knows? Maybe for some uh, fan photos or whatever. But uh, what do you remember about that? I guess some production guy spent some time putting that whole set and stage together, huh? There was nothing that I looked at and just went, you know, that's rotten. Let's don't do that. It was there was no there ever anything like that. I thought the set looked okay for what we had to work with. The uh, Michael Elders wants to know your thoughts on uh, where you rank Flair for the Gold when you think about other interview segment style shows like Piper's Pit and Brother Love, etc. He wants to know what uh, Rick thought of Flair for the Gold. Do you remember? I wouldn't put it in those class. You know, because they shot too many angles, really good angles like Piper's Pit and all those were notorious for having angles that occurred on them that lasted forever you know the jimmy snooker stuff the giant stuff hogan andre stuff yeah yeah i mean it it was a different animal we were filling a void to get past a month they were doing that as a feature performance 
did what did Rick did Rick like it? Was he a big fan I'm, of I'm them? sure, yeah, because he got to yeah. be him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, fed, he, fed to I his uh, yeah. Well, up next, let's talk about you challenging Barry Windham for the world title. Uh, the issue seemingly begins at Super Brawl, Arn, following Windham's big win over the Great Muda. Barry rejected Flair's attempt to celebrate with him, and this became the uh, the reason why or the issues with you and Windham uh, and the fact that he disrespected Ric Flair, the greatest world champion of all time. So that's how this is all going to be started here, the storyline. But following the pay-per-view, you and Barry took a couple of shots at each other. But the issue intensifies here in April of 93. On the April 10th edition of WCW uh, Saturday Night, Tony Schiavone conducts a ringside interview with you. And during the interview, you noted NWA world champion Barry Windham snubbed Ric Flair in the Four Horsemen. You then declared you wanted a shot at Windham, and Windham wouldn't be able to snub you. During the same show, while on commentary, Barry said you were always a bridesmaid and never the bride. You confronted him, and as the show ended, with the two of you brawling, and uh, this war awards continued on, and things really escalated on April the 17th. Uh, that worldwide episode featured Barry and Steve Regal wrestling for the NWA title. Uh, Wyndham gets the win in 12 minutes following the jumping implant DDT, and then turned his comments to you, calling you the low man on the horseman totem pole. And then they would officially announce the world title match April 24th, 1993, on an episode of Worldwide. And that match is to take place at Slamboree in May. And Arn, this is your first and only pay-per-view heavyweight championship match. So Arn, 11 years, and you had the title match. It's against one of the best wrestlers in the world, one of your best friends, one of the guys that you were very close to. So take us back to 1993. What did you first think when you heard, hey, you're going to get the nod, you're going to take him on at Slamboree for the world heavyweight title? Uh, were you excited about that? What, what, do you, what do you remember about that time period? Well, you would always be, I would be excited about wrestling Barry Windham in Rome, Georgia, or Calhoun, Georgia, on a live event, just because it was an honor and a privilege to be wrestling Barry Windham. But it wasn't built like other world title matches. You know, they were just basing it, okay, everybody remembers he was a horseman, and they were a Opponents, they were partners, they got all this history, but you still have to build the now and present angle. And he's the champion. That makes it different. He's the world champion. You would have had to have built it, and I, and I knew they weren't going to build it properly and make it a big deal and a feature match on the show even. Hmm. Hey guys, need to call a quick time out here. Wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling my listeners over at OU didn't know for a while now about all the cool things happening over at adsfreeshows.com. On the latest edition of The False Finish, Zach Gowan talks about reaching the top of the pro wrestling world against incredible physical odds before issues with immaturity got in his way. It's not a talent issue, it's a maturity issue. We want to see you continue to wrestle try new characters, become a heel, try new things, find a groove, the doors open, just mature a little bit. But, it, it, but the, it was almost fatherly the way he sat me down and explained to me exactly why I was being released. And I'll always remember that and I'll always thank Jim Ross every time I see him for that. As Dog and Cassio finished up their latest Ask Dog Anything, they kept the party going for ad-free shows members, answering more questions on a bonus overrun. We were the main event. Me and Brian Christopher were the main event. Doug was in a um, up there match. Jamie Dundee was in a tag title match, I'm sure. And we just stopped and started playing pool and drinking. 
Like that was what we did. We pulled through the median and turned around and just called from a payphone and said, yeah, our car, our car can't make it. That's just a small taste of what we got waiting for you. With four levels to choose from, see for yourself why Ads Free Shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adsfreeshows.com. Uh, we have a few questions from our listeners concerning the program with Barry. Jonathan Woolridge asks, Arn, how would you feel about, instead of welcoming Rick back with open arms, a storyline where Barry and you turn your backs on Rick and accused him of abandoning you guys by going up north? Makes sense, don't it? Yeah. That could have been fun. It could have made sense. Yep. What... Uh and I'll just go you one better, maybe better, not better, but maybe better. If you left it like it was, and I beat Barry, and I won the world title, and now Rick came up and said, okay, good job. Now, time to step aside. You know you know your role. Yeah, do the favor. Yeah. Now you got an angle. <sighs> Something that you didn't see coming, and strong based on that one promo. Just like that, because the history is always was his enforcer. I made made it possible for him to be champion all that time. And to suddenly be champion and saying, get in line like everybody else, might have drew, for a, dollar, drew a few dollars. Oh, my God. I mean, it's almost like Cain and Abel. I mean, it's uh, the, the, it writes itself with the, the brotherhood that you two shared. Could have been awesome. Uh, Michael Eldridge says, I think Arn uh, stated in the past in past shows how he never considered himself a top guy for a world title run. Does he ever wish he had gotten a U.S. title run? No. not. I, I don't feel like my career suffered that I wasn't this champion or that champion. It's, it's based on a body of work over time. I think that's how you establish yourself. You know, if you want to be remembered and regarded in the long run, in this business it's performance over time over a long period of time and consistency it's not was he a world champion was he not a world champion you are who you are based on your performance and what the audience has paid to see you perform did you always make them happy they did i think that's that's how you get over and stay over in this business not how many titles you had uh, I'm with you. I mean, when people say your name, Arn, it's cons not only is it consistency, one of the best promos of all time, spine busters. I mean, there's just a list of things that they go through as far as best of all time that you're on that list. And so, uh, to me, that's what defines your career and what you've been able to do in the ring. Uh, we need to discuss, as we start to wrap up the show uh, this week, the other top-line creative going on that is a huge feud developing between WCW World Champion Vader and Cactus Jack. We've already seen how this program began, but these two amped up the physicality yarn in a huge way in April 1993. The first encounter takes place on April 17th on an episode of WCW. Saturday night, Vader and Cactus freaking potato each other in this in this uh, show. At one point, because Cactus wanted to be busted open the hard way, Vader hits him so hard and so many times that he blacks he blackened both of his eyes, broke his nose, and on his show Folia's Pod, Cactus told Conrad that Harley was supposed to be the one to bust him open, but the shots uh, from Vader actually already did the job. 
He didn't need Harley to do that. Do that. Cactus wins this encounter in 13 minutes by way of a countout. Uh, an enraged Vader demanded a rematch. And in our final clip of the week, we have a very violent segment on in what would be a nine-month storyline. It's our fifth and final clip. It's April 24th, 1993. It's the main event of WCW Saturday night. Here we go. It's Vader and Cactus, two of the biggest, baddest, craziest sons of bitches that ever put on wrestling boots. We're going to watch it. The heavyweight champion of the world. And I know that on May 2030, he has Davey Boy Smith for the world title. But he's not thinking about that right now. He's thinking about surviving. He don't dare think about nothing but what's happening at this moment. The steam has left Cactus. I believe he's at Vader's mercy now, Tony. I don't know. And you know the champ feels no pain and has no mercy for anybody. Who's the man, he yells. Slapping Cactus around. And all you can say is, Vader, you're the man right now. Right, absolutely. Here he goes again. He might be able to pin him right here. He's not even attempting to pin him, Tony. He's going up for a third. Referee may have to stop this. You're right. Third time now. Oh, he missed it. He was attempting to step right on him that time. All of the weight on the feet, he missed. Cactus rolled out of the way. And he goes right to the midsection. I think Vader made a mistake by not attempting to get a pinfall there. He's allowed Cactus to come back. Whoa, leg drop right over the bottom strand. Ahead, a big fan made of the world champion. Smash to the bottom turn. Rope, there they go. Well, this is where we started, Jesse, and here we are again. We started on the floor, and I guess it'll end on the floor, Tony. Why would we? Whoa! Yeah, why would you think anything different, right? What strength by Cactus. He picks up the 450-pound Vader, slams him on the floor. Well, security moving the safety rail away. Because you never know what's going to happen here. Bodies are clearing out right here at ringside. Referees holding race off. Oh! He tries to maneuver his somersault. <laughs> Insane. And Look, now they're taking the mats off. Beta rolled out of the way. And race has pulled up. Look what race has done. He's pulled up the mats. Wait a minute. Race That's the concrete, Tony. Race has removed the match. If he power bombs him here, Chesley, he'll kill him. He power bombed him on the cement, Tony. He's not moving. Look at his eyes. Gone. He's out. He's not going to get up. He can count all day. He's not. Power bombed him on the cement. You see, his 
open. This match is we, over. We, we, got, we got a major problem here, Tony. We really do. We, we have to go to a break. The referee over Cactus Jack Vance. Arn, his eyes were open, but nobody was home. Nothing to say except call an ambulance, and I'm not making a joke. Yeah. You know what somebody looks like when they're knocked out, and he just got power bombed on cement that did not budge. His head probably hit before anything, even though it was flat. It still hit on cement. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, these two guys they had amazing chemistry, easily each other's top three to five opponents. But you've been in some crazy fights, right? We've talked about war games, bunkhouse stampedes, steel cages, street fights. But how much is too much when it comes to doing you know some well, of the stuff? That just knowing what my body could take, if I would have took that, that would have been a stretcher job for me. You know, my neck would not, have, which was already it started to be an issue. Would have never withstood that, and you know, and I've seen how the fans, you know, feel about you know Crazy Jack, you know, and they at least thank him and respect him and are yeah. aware of what he did for this business, and he gave his body above and beyond. Anybody else I can think of, you know, to make his opponent and to make the fans realize, man, there's something different and special about this. And the guy gave his gave his health and gave his body and everything he has, you know, for this business. And it's good to see that at least people understand that our fans. Do you uh, do you remember this feud at all or at this time yeah, period? Yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, and the thing is, I mean, it was Jack beating himself up and Leon beating him right. up. It wasn't he was bouncing Leon around like that. Mm-mm. You know, it was he was beating his body up and Leon was beating his body up. So he was in a handicap match every time he went to the ring. It well, was he was him, punching. Him. Yeah. yeah, it was him against him and whoever the opponent was. <laughs> When, when when Leon or Vader was punching him in the ring before he started doing all the splashes, well, I think he picked his head up and just started slugging him. I'm like, this is as real as real, as real can be. He's just taking it. Yeah, he'd latch up. That's for sure. It was physical. Dylan says, what did Arn think of Mick at this time? Did he think Mick had star potential? I wasn't worried about that. I was worried about him he's getting gonna cri- live. crippled. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, to me, it was never a funny thing. It was like, Jesus Christ, sure. man. So, Arn, this wraps us up for this month's coverage. We're all over the place. So many irons in the fire for you here. You got uh, the reforming of the Four Horsemen, feuding with Bobby Eaton and Eric Watts, setting the sights on Barry Windham and the world title, and uh, and then the flair for the gold. Uh, so, man, lots going on. But that's going to include this week's show. Next week, we're going to talk about the build, the Slamboree 1993, a Legends reunion. Uh, not only is this the first WCW Hall of Fame ceremony, but the card features a returning Sid Vicious. The British Bulldog makes his pay-per-view debut, challenging Vader for the world title. And you, my friend, challenge Barry Windham for the NWA world title in your only world title pay-per-view match. So join us next week to hear all about it. Arn, thank you so much for doing this with me this week, my friend. Paul, you're the best. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate everybody out there and the comic book, graphic novels on the way, folks. It is. Check it out, man. Make sure that you're a part of it, and uh, it is coming soon. Until then, on behalf of the founder of the Four Horsemen, the Hall of Famer, the Enforcer, Arn Anderson, this is Paul Bromwell. We'll see you right back here next week on another episode of Arn.
Eric Bischoff here again, telling you about our friends over at SaveWithConrad.com. Now, Conrad's always talking about how they are helping homeowners save money, but did you know that Conrad and his team can also help you become a homeowner? They make the home buying process more enjoyable than, I don't know, making out with Stephanie and Linda. Ouch, but don't take my word for it. Hi, I'm Sarah Davis, and I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, so my husband has been a huge fan of Conrad's podcast for many, many years. And for years, we were on road trips, and he would have me listen to it. And then I got really into it. And so when it came time for us to buy a house, it was kind of like, there's really no other option at this point. Like, we have to go down this path, right? It was the best. I worked with Steve. I don't know what to do. I was looking more for preparing to buy a house. How do I get this in order? What does this need to look like? What do I need to move around? What's more important that I pay off first? Because I'm a first time home buyer. I don't know what that needs to look like. So that's when I called you guys and I talked with, with Steve and phenomenal from day one. I got a full education on home buying before I was ever asked to fill out an application, before I was ever asked to do anything, which is just, I mean, I cannot, brag on you guys enough. I literally cannot tell enough people about you because we would not have a home if it weren't for you, if it weren't for that interaction and weren't for the learning process. And I feel like I went into being a first time home buyer from the time, by the time we got through the end of the process with the same education that people need four or five homes to buy. And so now I feel like, all right, well, we can do this. We can do real estate. We can, I can actually make good decisions and ask good questions at closing and beyond because of everything that you taught me. My name is Sarah Davis, and I got into my dream home with Save With Conrad. And unlike the dirt sheets, we're not making this up. Check out all the five-star reviews. Go to savewithconrad.com and do it today. Be grateful you did. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.